Hello and welcome to Worst Church Ever, Episode 1, the Christian podcast with zero aspirations, a complete lack of urgency, and what our evangelical neighbor calls a lukewarm level of commitment. That seems as good a place to start the show as any. Speaking of good places, I have this neighbor, a retired pastor, real big fundamentalist. He's convinced that the whole point of everything we do is getting into heaven. We had a fairly long talk the other day about why I think most of what he believes is wrong. We stood together on the sidewalk eating peanuts while he paraded all the tropes and tricks. I told him I'd grown up in this circus. I know all the moves. I've seen how they're done. I'm not mad or bitter. I just took a peek outside the tent and saw that other kinds of Christians love Jesus too. And their Jesus loves them back. That was revelation. I said, listen, friend, I had the great reverse revival. I had to leave the tent of meeting to meet God in the desert. He saw me choking. God washed me in the living water of, bro, I love you too. I'm all about the salt and light, but I won't go back to being salty. I won't believe any system of theology that starts and ends with why God can't. Can't love me like I am. Can't deal with all my broken shit without the move to wrath. Has to murder Jesus to look at me in love. You're talking about cosmic child abuse, he said. That critiques baloney. Except, of course, it isn't. Now listen, son, he said. If you die tonight and stand before God, and God asks why he, always he, should let you in his heaven, what would you say? I thought back to the days of tree forts, clubhouses in Forsythia, days of no gross girls allowed, and I said, because you love me. It went on like this. He's hung up on the death of Jesus. If God could sim simply love me into heaven, why did Jesus have to die? I said Jesus died to show us how to live, to save us from the living hell of here and now, of aspirations, expectations, translations, adaptations, statuses, and stations. He shook his head and said I had an interesting way of understanding things. I said I cared all about tenses and declensions, missing vowels, the jots and tittles, context. I said the lowest view of scripture is here it is in plain old English. I reminded him of our Methodist friends, the lenses of tradition, experience, reason. He said, I guess you don't believe in truth. I said, I do, and it's supposed to set us free. I said, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in community. Community is not conformity. I said, remember what Karl Barth said. Oh, well, Karl Barth, the Bible becomes the word of God for you. He scoffed and scoffed and scoffed. And I said, what else did Karl Barth say? The word of God is not the Bible. The word of God is Jesus. If it's true that he's alive, I shouldn't need the book. He said it made him sad that I was not an evangelical. He's sure the confessing mainline church is on the road to hell. I'm sure he lives there now. And now for the more extemporaneous part of the show, we will turn eventually to the narrative lectionary. I like the narrative lectionary because it insists on the importance of story. To do a good job with it, you have to work a little harder to remind yourself, and if you're a preacher, teacher, writer, liturgist, whatever, remind your people that you're leading that the biblical writers did not have the full story, and neither did their original audiences, and by the way, neither do we. 
Remind yourselves, remind them that these stories matter in their original context first and foremost, that it's virtually impossible for us to hear the stories exactly as the original audiences would have, that we have a duty to the text and to the ancestors and to the God who has been trying to get through our thick heads to understand the context, 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 the meaning in a given place and time for a given people and then and only then where it knits us all together across space and time and setting. I have this kind of trippy vision that the birth of Christ, the inbreaking of God into time and history, bends everything around it like a gravity well. How could it not? How can it not? We have gotten so much wrong. We will continue to see in a mirror darkly, through scaly eyes and again with renewed vision. The thing is humility. The thing is worshiping Christ and not the book. The thing is that the Holy Spirit is moving. The living God is living. The thing is God is still speaking. Jesus said the first will be last. So if you want to win Christian of the week or month or year, the first thing you have to do is decline the nomination. Flee from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, a thorn tree in a whirlwind, a broken vessel full of waxing and waning light. And so the prayer is that God keeps us humble, but rescues us from that infinite recusal, from the fatalism that sometimes comes when we think we've had a better vision. Now, I'll be the first to admit, my biggest problem with most progressive Christian podcasts is their tone, and they come in a few varieties. There's the NPR hipster sort with a perfect, just-attached-enough elocution. And they love you, baby, that's a fact, but they want you to know how very smart they are. Then there are the angry 50-somethings trying to be edgy. The less said about those, the better. Then there are other folks who think they belong to the first generation of evangelicals to ever, ever come out of evangelicalism. And sometimes they keep up the abusive practice they learned as kids, equating the word Christian and evangelical. So they talk about Christian culture and Christian Twitter and Christian blah, 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 but they really mean evangelical. They should know better, but I commit to loving them through this PTSD, even if it's from a distance. There are other kinds to be sure. Some are highly processed. Some are brewed at home. At this point, you may be asking, which kind of Christian podcast are you? Well, we're fairly unpretentious. Chief of sinners, friend of puppies, worst church ever. We will disappoint you, and that's a promise.